0: Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast, my prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CBC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram, and you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to us out of the book of Haggai. Some of you pronounce it Haggai. We're going to be reading out of that book this morning, and it's been something that we've been reading through in our reading plan, and Haggai is a part of a group of books called the Minor Prophets, not minor in their significance or in their, uh, the message, but minor in the fact that it's just shorter, it's just a shorter book. There are major prophets, minor prophets, they only call them major because they're long books, like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, then they have minor prophets, they're just shorter and Haggai is two chapters long. And we're going to be reading out of Haggai this morning, out of this grouping of minor prophets. And if you're, if you're taking notes this morning, I hope that you are taking notes, uh, either in your phone or on a notepad or whatever you have. I want you to write at the very top of your notes after you've written the day's date. I want you to write the message title of, of today. And it's called, If You Build It. Will you write that down? If You Build It. Now, I'm not talking about one of the greatest movies of all time, Field of Dreams, I'm not talking about that building, I'm talking about something else, but we're going to be looking at that this morning. We're going to be answering two questions, and I want you to write these questions down as well as we dive into God's Word today. And the first one is this, on what are you building your life? On what are you building your life? Or another way to say it is, what are you building your life on? I didn't want to end the sentence with a preposition. So I said, on what are you building your life? My English teacher would be very proud of me that I wrote that sentence correctly, but no one talks like that. On what are you building your life? And the second question is this, what are you building? What are you building? Have you written that down? No? (laughs) Just say yes, even if you didn't, because I'm hoping that you're taking notes. Yeah, did you write those things down? Awesome. All right, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to come to your word today. We thank you, God, for the ability to submit our hearts and lives to the authority of your word and scripture as the main authority of our lives. I pray, God, that you would speak to us today, that you would open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive what you have in store for us. God, let these be the words from your mouth, Lord. Touch our hearts, God. We love you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Uh, I want to... um, I've been able to spend some time with my boys, and uh, one thing that they love to do, both of them love to do, is to build things. And uh, the other day, I went and and got them these kits from Lowe's. Have anybody seen those little toy kits they can build? Race cars and barns and uh, all these little things, and they love it. They love it. I even bought them this little hammer, uh, and it probably is not for a three-year-old because it's a legit claw hammer. It's a legit hammer, and um, he has chased his brother more than once around the house um, (laughs) trying to hammer him. Uh, but they love building things together. They love being creative. They love uh, getting things together. Anytime I'm working on something, Griffin is always, Daddy, let me help you, let me help you. Corbin loves being creative. He's drawing pictures, and he's trying to make things and build things. And they both love being creative and putting things together. And one thing that they love uh, is working with kinetic sand. And somebody here in this church got them this. I don't know if it was Jackie. Did you get this for the boys? Yeah, they love this. Have anybody played with kinetic sand before? Did they have this in the 80s? They didn't, right? Like we had Play-Doh and it dried out. Um, but they, they they came up with kinetic sand and I love this. I love playing with this stuff because it's awesome. You can It's just like sand except that you can take it out and you can mold it and it'll hold its form. It's really cool. And it'll hold its form for for a while. And it's cool. You can just play with it, but it's sand. You can break it apart, and then all of a sudden, it starts to fall apart. I don't know if you can see that or not. All of a sudden, it doesn't hold, but, it, but if you put pressure on it, it'll hold its shape. Isn't that cool? My boys love this, and uh, they, they come with little things that you can just pack stuff into these little kinetic sand things, and you can make shapes, and it'll hold its form. They even had another one that they had built, and uh, you can make bricks out of it, and I got really zealous, and I was going to be like the Tower of Babel and build a huge tower of bricks out of this kinetic sand, and uh, I just loved it. The boys love it, and what's cool about it is if you put it in a container, it'll hold its form as long as there's pressure on it. It's so cool. I mean, I, we, we play with it a lot, and I think now I'm playing more with it than they are, but it's so, I, I love it, and, and we've, we've played a lot with this stuff, and, and I was playing with this kinetic sand Uh, the Lord began to speak with me. Don't you love how he does that? Just little mundane things that you're doing and and playing around, and then he's like, hey, guess what? I got a message for you. And so we've been playing with this kinetic sand, and and it's really cool. We put these things together. We we build stuff. You can put little designs and and make it do little things, and it's really awesome. Put little shapes on it, and I don't know if this is going to fit. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. And then to just hold up. I'm just going to leave it there as a visual for us this morning as we go to answer the two questions, what are you building your life on, and then the second one, what are you building, because eventually when you play with kinetic sand, it'll, it'll hold its form for a while, but after a while, it begins to uh, fall apart. And um, I just want us to look at this as I go through this message today as a symbol of what a lot of our lives look like without Jesus. Um, God is wanting to speak to us today, and some of us have been living lives that are tightly compressed and pressurized so that we can try to hold them together. And when God is saying, you're doing the wrong things in the wrong order, in the wrong way, and if you continue to do it this way, it's going to fall apart. And the way I'm going to get there today is by looking at a couple of passages. Of course, I've talked about Haggai chapter 1. We're going to be looking at that. But before we get there, I want to read the, the words of Jesus out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And as I was playing with this kinetic sand, it began, it began to remind me of what Jesus spoke in this passage of Scripture, what we build our lives on, if we build our lives on the rock or if we build our lives on the sand. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, it says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who's built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. What I think is powerful, and oftentimes we miss in this passage of Scripture, when we ask ourselves, what are you building your life on? And we'll say, I'm building my life on Christ, on the solid rock. There's an old song, if you guys remember that, out of the church. "On, On Christ, the solid rock, I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Right, But what does it mean to build our lives on Christ, the rock, the foundation? Some of us, it's just saying, uh, I come to church, I call myself a Christian, but Jesus clearly says here, it's not just those who hear my word, it's also those who do my word. So the hearing actually does not set us apart, it's the doing that sets us apart. From being either those who are wise and have a firm foundation, or those who are foolish and do not have it. Isn't it interesting? Some of us hear God's word. We love God's word. We read God's word, but we don't do God's word. And in that sense, God is saying, you are like kinetic sand. And you think you have it all together, but eventually when pressure comes, you fall apart. God is speaking to us today about the things that we are building. And hearing God's word alone does not determine our foundation, but doing them in combination with hearing. Some people will just get consumed with the doing, that they're doing and doing and doing, but it's not based on the word of God. It's based on good intentions or based on what society says is right and wrong. And doing alone will not do it as well, but it's a combination of hearing the word of God and then doing the word of God that brings a firm foundation in your life in this parable jesus compares those who listen and obey his words to those who've built a firm foundation on solid rock and so that when storms come and trials come they're able to withstand it even though uh, the storm is still there because they hear his words and do them but yet those who don't do them are like those who are foolish and build on the sand and As I played with this kinetic sand, it reminded me of this passage of Scripture and how we live our lives. If we are not founded on Christ, not just hearing His words, but doing them, then we feel shaky, unsettled, and without structure. I don't know about you, but anybody in this room ever experienced that, maybe even in certain moments that have been close to us, feeling shaky, unsettled, and unstructured? But when we... See, what we do in our society, instead of building our lives on the word of God and doing the word of God, what we do is we live our lives a lot like kinetic sand. And we think if we can just put more pressure on ourselves, fill our lives with more things and more stuff and, and, and more activities and more friendships and more leisure time and more entertainment, we'll continue to put pressure on ourselves that we'll have a, feel like our lives are contained with something when really they're empty and void without Jesus. And we press our lives into a cylinder of sand hoping that it'll hold together. And we press and push and put pressure on ourselves. I don't know how many how many times I've talked to people this week and they've asked for prayer. I'm just I'm just busy. I'm just so busy. I just pray that I find rest somehow. Pray that I don't know, things kind of settle down, but in actuality, I really don't want them to settle down because if they start settling down, I might realize that my life is more empty than I thought it was. And so they just keep packing stuff in, they just keep packing stuff in, they pack, pack stuff in, but the problem is, the, the world doesn't, uh, is not a uh, unpressured zone, right? So all of a sudden, pressure comes, oh, Lord Jesus, help me with these toys, Pressures comes, and when we're not based on a solid rock of Jesus, not only hearing his word but doing them, all of a sudden as the pressure rises, our lives begin to separate and begins to fall apart. And then all of a sudden what we thought was secure and firm and structured is nothing but small little granular pieces of what our life, we thought our life should be. And I was thinking about this, and man, I was thinking, Lord, how many of us, even as believers, are not really doing your word and listening to your word, and we're just compressing our lives more and more with things, hoping that we'll be able to hold it all together. And as I played with this kinetic sand, it really brought my life to attention. If our lives are not founded on Christ and his word, it becomes shaky, and society says, just do more. Continue to do more. Have more. Be more. And we feel, we feel the pressure of it all. And when the storms come, the trials hit, that's when we begin to explode. And the fact is, we can hold up for a while, like this little ball that I can press with my hand, but eventually, I don't know if you can see, it begins to crack begins to have weak weak spots in it because our lives are not founded upon the rock of Jesus and eventually it begins to fall apart. And it falls apart really quick the more and more pressure is added to us. So the first question then we ask ourselves today is what are we building our lives on? And if it's not the word and the command of Christ, then we're sinking sand. Everything, no matter what it is, If it's not based on what God has said and his command, then it is sinking sand. Even if it's, we we, we build our lives around our family, and everything that we want and have is about family. Family is a blessing from God. It is a gift from God. It is designed by God. But family is not our solution to the problems that we're facing. And then when something happens to family, families are broken apart, families are separated, family, there's loss in the family, we begin to feel the shaking. Perhaps we build our lives on career and then we, we focus all of our energy and all of our time and all of our treasure, all of our ability and our career, and then that falls apart. Maybe we're focusing our lives or building it upon wealth or relationships or leisure time or pleasures, and we pack all of our life in with these things, thinking that we're trying to build a life that has success and meaning, and really all we're doing is compressing sand. So no matter how tight we pack our lives together and pack our lives with these things, it won't hold up against the pressures of life and eventually it falls apart. That's the first part of the message. What are you building your life on? If it's not hearing the word of God and also doing the word of God, you're not building your life on a solid rock. But I want to answer the second question and the second question is connected to Haggai chapter one. And I had to ask the first question first before we get to the second question because you have to have a firm foundation before you start building something that's going to last, right? There are building a lot of homes around the area that, that I live in and Matt and Felicia live in, and they always build the foundation first. I, I've never seen a house, they, they, they start with the walls before the foundation. I don't know if anybody, maybe they've, they've done that once before, that house is pro- probably no longer standing, right? They start with the foundation. So we have to start with the foundation first. What are we building our lives on? And we have to establish that it's, God's Word and His commands, and we do them, we live by them, we obey them. And as we've been reading, through our reading plan this year, we've gotten to Haggai, we've read that Israel had been taken into captivity, the nation of Israel, and, uh, including the, the kingdom of Judah, and had been captured by Babylon, and they had been carried away into captivity for 70-plus years, and now they're finally returning back to Jerusalem to build a life for themselves. And they've been commanded under the leadership of Joshua the priest and Zerubbabel, who was a descendant of King David, to rebuild the temple of God. In fact, they've even been granted access from the king who sent them, uh, King Cyrus, in the first year of his reign after the, the, the kingdom of Persia. Overtook Babylon and he says I'm going to send you back to your land and you're going to build I want you to build the temple of God in fact I'm going to give you all the resources you need all the material all the gold and silver that you need I'm going to give you free access free pass and no taxes and you're going to go and you're going to build the temple if you've read that you've read that in Ezra and we read it in Nehemiah we've read it through the prophets and he sends them over But as we read through Ezra this week as well, the people that remained in the land opposed them and delayed the build, even sending a letter to delay them. And there was other kings that got in the way all the way up to Artaxerxes who they said, you need to stop building and you need to stop right now until we get this all squared away. You've read that if you're reading through the Bible plan with us. And they get this command, even though they had a mandate and a command from God and from the previous king to go and build Another king stepped in the place and says, "No, no, no! You can't do it. You have to stop." And so they stop. And it takes the two words, uh, two wo- two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to speak the word of God to the leaders and to get them going again. You read that in Ezra chapter five, verse one. And the word of prophets, and that day, and even in this day, is to remind us of what God has already said and commanded. And the prophets had to remind the people of God that that the mandate from heaven or the command from heaven will always trump the mandate from any man or any government. It reminded me, perhaps, maybe it hits a little close to home today, when there are some people who say, no, no, we can't meet in the house of God. There's been a mandate that we can't be together. We should stay away from each other. And as I was reading, I'm not trying to be political, but I just wonder, is the command of God not greater than a mandate from men? In fact, even in the, uh, as the fourth king comes up, King Darius, he reverses the order shortly after Artaxerxes, and he sends the prophets. The prophets go, and they have to remind the people what they're supposed to be doing first. And even after the king tells the people you can go ahead and start rebuilding the people don't start rebuilding right away the people uh, even after they've been given the freedom to do what god had commanded them to do already already haggai had to survey the land and he noticed something about the people if you have your bibles haggai chapter one starting in verse two i'll move through this quickly Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, verse 4, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while the house lies in ruins? Haggai noticed that the people, although in the right place in Jerusalem, they were not building the right thing. They were in the Right place to build, and they were building on the right ground, and they were building on the right foundation, but they were building the, the wrong thing. They were building their own homes rather than they were building the house of the Lord. And it made me think about all the things that we are saying that we're doing and we're asking, I'm asking yourselves, what are you building your life on? And maybe perhaps some of you are saying, I've, I'm building my life on Christ. I'm doing what he wants me to do. But are you building the right things on the foundation of Jesus? Or are you building something else? Are you building your kingdom or are you building God's kingdom? In verse 5 it says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you have never had enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but you are not warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. The prophet is saying through the the Spirit of God to his people, what you're spending your effort on, your time, your talent, your treasure, will not last because you're putting it in the wrong place. You're building the wrong things. And as I was preparing this message I really felt like the Lord was saying, my people who are called by my name uh, have missed the part where I've asked them to humble themselves and pray and seek my face so that I could heal their land. And instead, they're consumed with building themselves. They're building their own homes. They're building their own security. They're building their own comfort. They're building their own peace. But here's the problem. They're going to be working and not receiving what they think they should get. They're going to be eating, but they're not going to be filled. They're going to be dressing themselves, but they will not be warm because they're putting their wages in something that will not last. We're building the wrong thing. We might have the right foundation. We might be in the right place at the right time, but we're building the wrong thing. Verse 7 says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. It's interesting that he has the prophet tell them twice to consider your ways to look at yourself, to evaluate what you're doing and how you're doing it. Then he says in verse eight, go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I might take pleasure in it, that I might be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins Why? each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above will not will, will also, sorry, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth will uh, has withheld its produce, and I have cried for a drought on the land and the hills, and on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast and all, and on all your labors. Could it be that we're in the state that we're in in our lives right now because so many? Followers of Jesus have been more interested in building their own homes in the kingdom of God. As I read what's withheld when the people of God decide not to build the kingdom of God, it reminds me of the lack that we have currently. When we build our own house and our own kingdom, we rob ourselves of the blessing of God and revival, this is what they used to say, revival tarries. That means waits. Waits. We've been praying for God. We're asking God to send revival. We want to see people's lives transformed. We want to see the lost saved. We want to see marriages healed and restored. We want to see loved ones have relationship. We want to see our, 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 our schools turned around. We want to see our nation turned around. We want to see people pursuing after God. And yet God says, I, uh, the reason it's, it's not here yet is because so many people are consumed with building their own houses. Let me break it down. I want to, can I write on the whiteboard? Is it, is it too much to have an illustration of kinetic sand and the whiteboard in one message? <laughs> I know, and maybe this feels like two messages in one. Maybe it is, but it's, I haven't preached in a month, so you guys have to bear with me. But what's interesting, and it's just it's just a highlight to me as I was reading through Scripture, is that So as if the Lord is saying, when you're consumed with yourself, how you are perceived, how you're liked, how many likes you have on Instagram, how you're admired by people, what people say about you, you are building your own house. And because of that, because we are more consumed with how we are perceived and how many likes we get and how many people talk good about us, because that is what we're consumed with, we are being robbed of this. And let me just, if you'll put the verses back up there again. Uh, starting in verse 10. Therefore, the heavens above will withhold their dew. It reminded me of Exodus when the people were wandering in the wilderness. And do you remember what the dew created for the people in the wilderness? It created manna. And what is manna? But bread. And it represented Jesus, the bread of life. And some of us, because we're building our own houses, when we read the word of God, it does nothing to us. It produces nothing in us. Because the dew of heaven has been stopped because we've been building our own houses. And we're wondering, oh God, I don't even have a desire for your word. You know why? Because you're building your own house. And why should God give you fresh revelation of himself when all you're going to do is make it prosper for yourself? He says you build your own house i'm gonna stop the dew from heaven the manna or the bread the, the word of god is not going to bring life to you the way you thought it should because you're only using it for your own benefit then he says this the next thing the earth has withheld its produce or its fruit see we pray as christians we pray for a certain kind of fruit a fruit of the spirit, right? Or spiritual fruit. And some of you are not experiencing the fruit of the spirit in your life. There is no love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. And you're like, man, I, I follow Jesus. I read his word. I mean, I go to church, but uh, these things aren't producing in me. I wonder why. Because God might be saying to you, are you building your own house rather than my house? Are you more concerned with what people think about you than you're concerned with what I desire in you? You read the word, it does not produce the bread of life in you because you're consumed with building your own house. You, you want to bear fruit that remains and you want to uh, uh, you see your life bring some type of transformation to others and yet we're still building the wrong things. God says the earth will not, with, the earth will not produce what it's supposed to produce and neither will my people produce what they're supposed to produce when they're building their own house. Go to the next verse, 11. I brought drought on the land and the hills and the grain, the new wine and the oil. Let's just talk about drought. I mean, we're in drought. We're in California. We know what drought is. We've been praying for rain. God, we need your rain. But drought also represents spiritually refreshing, refreshment. Some of us feel dry. We're like, I don't know if there's even life in this thing called Christianity. I don't even know if this stuff is real. And I've been in church my whole life, but I just feel really dry. Look at what you're building. Because God says if you're building something that I've not called you to build and you're building it for your own self, you're going to feel real dry because there's going to be drought in your land. Then he goes on to say, new wine. And oil, these things just represent the anointing. And what does the anointing do? It breaks the yoke of heaviness and bondage. Some of you are are going back into cycles of sin, and you thought you had freedom, but you don't have freedom. And you've been asking God, I want to be set free from this. And God says the key is to build my house, not your own. There has not been fresh anointing poured out over your life because you've been more consumed with how you're perceived and what you're doing for yourself and making yourself successful and building a name for yourself rather than the name of God in your own life. He says, I can't pour out fresh anointing on you. I can't allow there to be new wine and oil flowing to you because you're wrapped up in self. And you want the ground to bring forth what it's supposed to, but it doesn't happen. And your work seems unproductive. You work and you work and you work, and yet you're not getting the results you thought you should. And this word reminds us that we need to be about our Father's business. I was, we had a prayer meeting, prayer time this morning before service, and that's something we were continuing to pray for. We have to be about the Father's business. We need to be doing what God has called us to do. Church, I, I'm not a, a, a huge end-time uh, preacher. But i got to tell you, we are in the last days. We are in the moments before a a, a great shift that's going to take place. And the people of God need to be the people of God. To be about what he's called us to be about and not to be about building our own lives. Building our own houses or building our own kingdoms. Thinking that if we can store up enough for ourselves that we'll make it through whatever is coming. God is saying, no, be about building my kingdom and my house, be about my business, so that the dew will, will, will come again onto the land, and so that when you read God's word, it produces, it feeds you daily. Your daily bread will be developed in your life, and you'll begin to build spiritual fruit and develop spiritual fruit, and you'll have more peace than you ever had, and love will flow out of you, and you'll have... A, a crazy amount of self-control. You'll be able to say no to things you didn't say no to before and you'll have refreshment. You'll feel like the river of life is flowing to you again. The living water that Jesus talked about with the woman at the well is going to be poured out over you again and you're going to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life that's going to break chains not only off of your life but off the life of your family members and friends and coworkers and neighbors and classmates. There's going to be an outpouring of your spirit when we begin to focus on His kingdom and not our own. Jesus said this, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. But when we don't do that, we collect bread for ourselves, but it doesn't feed us. And we try to grab the fruit that we think is gonna sustain us and it doesn't. And we don't have any living water and everything that we're looking after, we're putting it in bags with holes and we go, to, we go back to get it later and it's not there. We need to be about the Father's business. So I asked the question, what are you building your life on? The other question is, what are you building? I guess more importantly, how do you know if you're building God's kingdom or, or your own? I asked the last question. I didn't write it down, but this is the question I need you to ask yourself. And this is probably what you're asking already. How do I know I'm actually building God's kingdom and not my own kingdom? I think that's something that we should really ask ourselves with with a tremendous amount of reflection because if at any moment we are building our own kingdom, we run the risk of these things happening again in our lives. So we have to stop and ask ourselves. That's why he tells the prophet twice, consider your ways. How many times are you considering your ways throughout the day, throughout the week or the month? Are you stopping and reflecting and saying, what am I doing? And what is it for? So that person at the grocery store can thank I'm somebody so that I can get more likes on Insta or TikTok and get more views. Stop and consider what am I doing and why am I doing it? And if the answer is not for the glory of God, perhaps you're building your own house. So if you want to know what it looks like, what it means to build the kingdom of God, all we have to do is look and we saw Matthew 7, Jesus said, hear my words and do them, hear my words and do them. And Jesus left us with a lot of words to live by and a commands to obey, right? We read the word of God and scripture. There's a lot that Jesus said, a lot, of, a lot of beautiful things that he said, a lot of things that you can tattoo your bodies with. You can get those verses on there. A lot of things, a lot of verses that Jesus said that you can put in your Insta bio so that people know you love God. But the one thing that he said before he left the earth, before he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he makes intercession for us, he said this Matthew 28, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. His last command, perhaps, is the greatest command. And this is what it means to build the kingdom of God. Go and make disciples. Do you know that sharing your faith and evangelizing to your friends and your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, is not the last sign that revival has come, but it's the first sign. We've been asking God, we want revival. God, we want, we want, we want just an outpouring. Can you imagine just an outpouring of God's spirit on our city where this place is packed out and the churches that love Jesus are packed out with people that are hungry for God? How does that begin? The first sign is evangelism. The first sign is people that have a revelation of who God is and what He does can't hold it in anymore and have to tell people about Him. And the thing is, that's just a choice. It's not like you have to wake up and be like, oh, now I feel like evangelizing. You're not going to have that moment of just like, oh, now I'm on fire. Now I need to tell everybody. No, it's a choice. I know the truth, I know what God has told me to do, now I'm going to do it. That's the first sign of a revival. And the moments that you begin to do it and share your faith and you, you tell people about the goodness of Jesus, then it becomes contagious. Then it becomes more exciting. It's like working out. Nobody, I mean, except for January 1st, nobody's like, I love working out. <laughs> nobody's like, I'm just going to do it and it's going to be fantastic. Right, you make a conscious choice, and then you say, "I don't, uh, I hate it, but I'm going to do it. I, I don't want to get up at five, but I got to get up at 5. And then all of a sudden, you continue a routine, and a couple months go by, and then you're thinking, "Today didn't feel right because I didn't work out. Today didn't. I, I you know, I, I got to get, I got to catch that up. I got to get back in." All of a sudden, it becomes something that you love and something that you look forward to. That's what evangelism is. That's why. That's what sharing your faith looks like. Oh, it's hard. Unless you have the gift of evangelism, and God pours out that on people, and somebody just, you know, people who just can't shut up about Jesus, and you're just like, how did, how did you have these words? Right, they have a gift. But he doesn't just say, go and make disciples for those I've gifted with evangelism. He says that all, all disciples go and do it. He doesn't allow your personality to get in the way of God's purpose in your life. He doesn't say, if you're extroverted, go and make disciples, right? He doesn't say, if you're introverted, stay at home and write a letter. He doesn't say that. He tells all of us. And some of us, it's harder work. Some of us, it's more intentional work than others, but it's still something he's called us to do. You have to ask yourself, whose house am I building? What is my life built for? And what am I building with my life? The first part, number one, if you want to know if you're building the kingdom of God, are you sharing your faith? God is looking for you to use your time, your talent, your treasure. And sharing your faith will take time. Taking time to stop and pray and ask for wisdom. Taking your time to approach somebody and tell them about who Jesus is. Building a relationship. Sometimes, look, Jesus is not just looking for you to stand on the street corner with a sign saying, Turn or burn! Right? We're not... That's not what we're looking for. We want people who will build relationship with people who are different than you, who have a different uh, likes than you do, who are even who are your friends but don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you, you take your time to build relationship and show them Jesus. Show them Jesus. Don't just talk about Jesus. Show them Jesus, right? It's going to take time, but you need to share your faith. If you want to know if you're building your own kingdom or, or his kingdom, just ask yourself how many people you've shared your faith with this year or this week, or this month? If the answer is zero, you have answered your question. If you've not shared your faith, I know it's harsh, but can I just tell you as your pastor, you're building your own house. The only thing that stopped you from sharing your faith is because you were more concerned with what people thought about you than you were concerned for their soul. Some of us have said, but I don't want to lose a friend, and yet we, we stop hearing God's voice saying, I don't want to lose a son or daughter for all eternity. That should hit us. That I'm willing to put my friendship and my reputation on the line for the sake of God's glory because he's more concerned about losing a son or daughter for all eternity apart from him. Maybe you thought, yeah, but Pastor COVID, I just... COVID has become such an excuse for everything for us just to not do what God's called us to do. I can't go to people. Yeah, you can. If you wear your mask and stay six foot apart. Just shout. <laughs> tell people about Jesus. Because the command of God trumps the mandate of men. And if men tell you you can't, but yet God has said you can, you better listen to God. Because you can. Don't build your own house. Saying, oh, but, I don't, but on my job I can't I, can't, I don't want to lose my job who is your provider anyway stop building your house and build his house trust him trust him the prophet Haggai had to remind the people that God's command was greater than man's mandate I can't go to church because government told me I can't oh really you're building your own house we need to go back to church. Maybe some of you are saying this. Maybe some of people are like, you know, what? I've actually had somebody tell me this the other day. Oh, I'm going to start going back. Uh, just now's not the time. This is what the people said in Haggai's day. Yeah, we're going to build the temple, but it's just not not right now. It's not the time yet. We will. Good intentions. We're going to build the temple. Like guys, we're, we're going to build this temple. But i got to finish the bathroom in my house first. The, the tile's not done. i got a squatty potty in there. It's not comfortable. I'll build it. Once I get my comfort set, then we'll build the temple. I, got, I have this really cool patio that I'm developing in the backyard where we're going to gather together. We're going to have friends over. We'll do Bible study. But i got to finish that first before we build the temple. Haggai says, no, the time is now and the place is now. You have the materials, you have the resources, you're on the right ground, you're building the wrong thing. Stop what you're building and start building the kingdom of God. The time is now, the place is here. Number two. Share your skills. Share your faith, number one, that takes time. Share your skills, that takes talent. Jesus says, go and make. Those of us who like to work with our hands, we like to make things. Well, God is also calling us to make something that we can't see. Making disciples. We're so obsessed with, I'm going to do for myself before I do for you the people of jerusalem had the skills the materials the time to build the house but they chose to build their own homes instead i just want to ask you what has god gifted you to attract others if you were here a couple of weeks ago when char blair spoke she had the salt shaker says don't lose your attractiveness when the world shakes you what comes out right some of us and because of social media and because of um filters and everything else, we make ourselves look the most attractive we can on social media, but the, for the purpose is so that we can get more likes for ourselves. God has not made you attractive so that people will be attracted to you. He's made you attractive so that you can attract people to Jesus. And I'm, that's not even just physical appearance, but some of you have skills and abilities and talents that people are like, whoa, man, you can, you're a great ball player. That's not so that people can be like, ah, look at you, you're a great ball player. Joseph is a great ball player. And you were like, Yes, I am. Thank you very much for recognizing my abilities, right? The the purpose is so that you can say, Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And then let me tell you about Jesus. See, God has given us the ability to be attractive with talents and, and skills and beauty. But our world tells us to use it for our own benefit. And God says, I didn't make you for that, I made it so that you could point to me. Share. Your skills. If not, you're building your own house. And all of us are guilty of this. I'm not preaching from a place where I'm like, I've got it figured out, and it's all about Jesus in my life. I struggle. You struggle. This is a word to remind us, okay, let's get off ourselves, and let's point to him. Look at yourself. You're all talented, and you're gifted with something. How are you pointing back to Jesus with God has gifted you with something. Don't use it to attract others to yourself. Use it to be attractive for the Lord. Number three, live generously. If you want to know that if you're building his kingdom instead of your own kingdom, live generously. Live with an open hand. Your time, your talent, your treasure. Be generous. And it starts with tithing. If you you haven't started tithing yet, you're going to have a real hard time living generously because tithe is just the bare minimum. And I can, I can say that because uh, I'm your pastor. And I don't, I don't really care about your money. But I care about the blessing of God that wants to flow to your life. And God says, this is, the, this is, this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. You have to be generous. You've got to be people. God's nature is generosity. He gave before we ever re- received. So are you generous? Are you giving of what God has given to you? Or are you hoarding it for yourself? I've even had people say, I can't afford to give. And yet I've seen them have enough money in the world for their entertainment and for vacations and for their leisure time and for their comfort. And all the while, they're building their own kingdom. And yet God says in Haggai chapter 1 verse 9, You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why? because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you is busy building his own house. Generosity is building God's kingdom and not your own kingdom. I asked two questions this morning as we conclude and the worship team can come up and I know I probably went longer than you wanted me to but again, it's been a month so I got a lot of words in me. What are you building your life on? Secondly, what are you building? If you're building your life on Christ, then you are not only hearing his word, but you're obeying it. How do you know if you're obeying God's word? Consider your ways. Look at your life and ask yourself, how am I investing my time my talent, and my treasure. And I have to stop and ask myself these very same things. How am I investing my time, my talent, and my treasure? I'm not expecting everyone to get it perfect right on the head, right off the bat, starting tomorrow morning, you're all about Jesus and building his kingdom. But we need to start by considering our ways. We have to consider our ways. What am I building what am I spending my time on, my, tra- my, my talent, my treasure? And I would encourage you to begin to pray and ask the Lord to help you share your faith, use your God-given gifts and abilities for His kingdom, and to begin to live more generously. If you begin to do that, then we know that we're building His kingdom and not our own. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning? Are we building our lives on the rock or on sinking sand? And if we say we're building our lives on the rock, then what are we building? A life of comfort and ease and security for ourselves or a life that points to Jesus. Our world is hurting and dying and broken, confused, can't tell the truth, don't know where to find truth, but they're looking. And the church is sitting here filled with people who know the truth but aren't willing to share it. We have to be people who say, I'm more concerned with building the kingdom of God than building my own reputation, building my own affirmation. It'll cost us something, but it's going to be worth everything. So if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, not surrendered your heart to Jesus, and if I, you ask the, I ask the question, what are you building your life on, and it wasn't Jesus, then you're already on shaky ground. Your first response has to be, I want to build my life on Jesus. And it starts by acknowledging your need for him. We are lost and broken and undone without Jesus. Jesus. We have no freedom from our sin or addiction or pain. We have no hope without Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, sadly but true, you have nothing. So this morning, if you want to have everything in the person of Jesus, you simply have to ask. I want to pray with you this morning. On the count of three, I want, to raise, I want you to raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. And those of you who are watching online, you can make a comment there, and we'll pray with you as well. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to give your life to Him, to begin to build your life on the solid rock who is Jesus. And I want you to do that this morning. One. Two, three, right now, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to build my life on Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. it helps help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cbcmadera.churchcenter.org.